Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello, this is your host, Kurt Sumner, for Surveyor Says, the NSPS podcast series. I don't really know what number we are at this point, but we've been very, very busy over the last year or so. And we hope you will enjoy our episode today. We haven't had this particular episode or uh, topic for a while, so it's important for us to do this, in particular as we head forward into our spring meetings, which a lot of our listeners will know are coming up um, at the end of the month or uh, 20th, 21st. And so what we wanted to do was give you an update on where we are with our government affairs efforts. And we wanted to start that by talking about some really good things and victories that we had during the past year. Uh, I'll let uh, J.B. Bird, our our lobbyist, talk to you about that. And then John Paltiello will follow up with some more issues that we will be addressing moving forward. And I, I, the question I was going to ask to you, JB, was we have a lot of victories. We, and we always feel like we have victories, of course. But uh, I guess the question comes to mind, was it easier to achieve because we were dealing in, in COVID time or uh, was that just happenstance? But uh, in any case, it's great to see all the things that have, have happened. So if you would, JB, fill us in on those. Great. Kurt, good morning to everyone. Uh, Thank you very much for the invitation to be on the podcast this morning. I'm John Bird. I go by JB. I'm the registered lobbyist for NSPS, and uh, we're based in Fairfax City, Virginia. And I work closely with John Pelletiello, the NSPS Government Affairs Consultant. Uh, Yeah, so Kurt, we we definitely uh, experienced numerous victories in 2020. To get to your immediate question before we cover each of the issues. The immediate question you asked is, was it easier to do or more difficult to do? And, you know, when we talk about uh, policy and process in politics, we always talk about relationships and how politics is not a one-off, but it's a a process. And just like a lot of our listeners have clients that they've developed relationships with, we've also done that both in Congress and in our friends in the federal agencies. So we've kind of been working a lot of these issues and policies behind the scenes on behalf of the profession over the last several years. It just so happened that a couple of factors kind of bled together in a in somewhat of a perfect storm in, in many cases. Um, you know, with COVID and the pandemic, a lot of what we had to do last year and into the first quarter of this year has been to do things virtually. And, uh, you know, John and I always joke about the fact that uh, I have not set foot in Washington, D.C., let alone Capitol Hill, for over a year now. And most, if not everything I do, is done by phone or by some version of a virtual meeting online. Uh, what, what we are able to do, though, is to leverage our relationships 
through personal office staff, as well as committee staff. And you know, this is over a, a decade worth, uh, in some cases, several decades worth of personal relationships with these members of Congress and, and staff. And you know, Congress is a two-year effort. You have the first year of a Congress, which we're currently in, and then you have the second year of a Congress. And sometimes uh, some of the items that we've been pushing the last couple of years on, it, some of the things just line up perfectly for us. Uh, and a couple of bills literally were added at the very last moment of the Congress, uh, last Congress, and certainly when they were signed into law by the president uh, or, uh, in late December or in early January. So a lot of things just really came together, but I think it really signifies the relationships that NSBS has, has and is represented on the Hill with. That's the, the quick answer, I guess, to the quick, uh, quick question, uh, Kurt. Uh, but really to kind of show an example of some of these victories and why the relationships we have uh, benefited the profession, we'll lead off with the top two uh, items that we've presented in our uh, biannual government affairs uh, update. Uh, number one, enactment of the Digital Coast Act, Public Law 116-223. This is a major victory for NSPS. What the bill does is it codifies, it authorizes the, the NOAA Digital Coast Program. It takes it from a project and codifies it into a legitimate program. And NSPS is a part of this from the, from the get-go. Um, NSPS is a member of the coalition that Miller-Wenhold Capital Strategies leads. And Kurt, you've been on every single email that that coalition has been generating. And uh, towards the end of the Congress, uh, after a lot of work behind the scenes with uh, staff of the Senate Commerce Committee and the bill's uh, lead sponsors in the House and the Senate, we're able to get it out of both the House and Senate by unanimous consent, which is a fancy way of saying no one objected in Congress, a very bipartisan effort. And that was enough to get it to the president's desk unfortunately for President Trump at the time to sign into law. And I know that we've also been promoting what we call the red line draft of the bill and working behind the scenes with our friends in the White House, specifically John Pelletiello was able to get a copy of the red line version of the enacted bill. And so that is something that is a massive victory for the profession, but it also signifies the relationships that NSPS has both at the highest levels of Congress, but more importantly, in the White House itself to get a copy of the red line version of that bill. Another major victory was the enactment of a bill called the National Landslide Preparedness Act, Public Law 116-323. Two things were authorized in this bill, significant to the surveying profession. First off, is the U.S. Geological Survey's 3D elevation program, what we know as 3DEP. And secondly, is the subsidence program that NSBS has championed 3DEP for quite some time now, Kurt, as you know. And then most recently, the subsidence program in USGS, leadership of USGS has been consulting with NSPS over the last year and a half on the development of the subsidence program. So this is a, those two items within that bill are massive, massive victories for 
the profession in NSPS. But also that was a bill that was enacted late in Congress based on our reputation, our, our relationships with key uh, staff on, on committees and in leadership and eventually getting that bill signed into law by President Trump. The next couple, uh, the ne this next one is, is seven years in effort, Kurt, uh, which is uh, the Davis-Bacon issue, which first uh, was brought to our attention in March of 2013 through uh, all agency memo or AAM 212 and over many Congresses in two different administrations, we petitioned, we lobbied, we tried to educate the Department of Labor and the White House and members of Congress on this issue. And fortunately, even after you testified, Kurt, on Congress, in Congress before this, this on this issue, it took us seven years to finally get this issue taken care of. And that was done in mid-December of 2020, when President Trump and the Department of Labor issued All Agency Memo 235, which rescinded uh, the, the, the problem that we, we saw with the uh, implementation of Davis-Bacon being extended to surveying crews on all construction projects. So that is a major victory in having AAM 235 officially rescind the original problem found in AAM 212. You're right, JB. And that particular one, uh, John Paltiello, who's with us today, uh, put a lot of shoe leather in going to visit with the folks that we needed to talk to over the years. And as John can say, oftentimes we're rebutted in what we were trying to do, but uh, that diligence paid off. And uh, a lot of that, that uh, credit goes to John and his efforts and his um, ability and willingness to pull us, the surveying profession, into the conversation. But um, certainly from the NSPS side, a great uh, debt of gratitude goes to John on that. Well, Kurt, thank you very much. Uh, you're very kind in your comments. Uh, it was certainly a team effort. Uh, <clears throat> you were part of more meetings at the Department of Labor than any of us can probably recall or count. Um, JB and I had the opportunity to meet at the White House with uh, White House staff. Um, we had uh, developed a very good relationship with the uh, a gentleman who was the Deputy Secretary of Labor for the four years of the Trump administration and actually was the Acting Secretary of Labor for a period of time. And, um, you know, what we discovered early on, and I think you recognize this as well as we did, that when that initial AAM 212 was, was issued by the Biden administration, it was very much a political decision. And as you alluded to earlier, the facts were on our side. Uh, there was no justification for changing more than 50 years of, of policy that was accepted by the Labor Department under administrations of both Republicans and Democrats. And in fact, the standard that limited the application of the Davis-Bacon Act to survey crews was written by Arthur Goldberg, who was Secretary of Labor under John F. Kennedy in the early 1960s. 
So the decision that was made under President Obama was very much political. It was not based on the facts. It was not based on the record. It was not based on the reality of what surveying practices is all about in the 21st century. So we did persevere. Um, was it Thomas Jefferson who said that eternal vigilance is the price of liberty? And, and we kept at it and kept at it. And, and fortunately, when the, when the time was uh, advantageous to the Trump administration, they, they made the change that re we requested and they, they went back to the proper standard on, on that issue. So um, we had a lot of support from a lot of NSPS members who fed us information um shared with us their experiences that we were able to relay to the white house and the labor department to show that um that that original um aam decision was um was really out of bounds in terms of practice and the reality of the market today and uh, we had a big victory and i think this is important uh, one of the reasons why I, I guess I was so tenacious about this is you'll recall, Kurt, that when I first came on board with the old ACSM in the early 80s, what we were really trying to do with government affairs is make sure that government policy recognized surveying as a profession. And what the Obama administration did really diluted that. It really was a threat to the integrity of surveying as a profession. And so it was an it was an important substantive victory but also an important moral victory for us to to get the trump administration to get back on the right track on on that matter yeah and i suppose it it's important to say that we still have to remain diligent because um, those who would be in favor of 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 am212 probably just aren't going away so I guess we just have to remain diligent, I think. And and we're already a step ahead of that, Kurt. I'm, I'm pleased to tell the NSPS membership, uh, you're right. Um, there may be a political decision in the current administration to go back to what was done to the, with the, in the Obama administration. But we are preparing for that. Um, one of the things, aside from the substance of the issue, was the process that the Obama administration used to issue AAM 212. And they did it with no public hearings, no opportunity for public comment, no consultation with NSPS or any other group of, of professionals in surveying or representing the employers uh, in the surveying field. There was no economic analysis. There was no small business analysis. There was no paperwork and regulatory burden analysis. And all of those things are required by a variety of different laws. So what our staff at our firm is doing on behalf of NSPS as we speak is we're documenting all of those public outreach, public comment, public consultation, public notice, uh, analysis, uh, we are documenting what all of those requirements are so that if there is an effort to go back to the policy in AAM 212 and expand the application of Davis-Bacon to survey crews, we will be able to make sure that if that is attempted, that 
all of those processes that are required by law are indeed followed. Um, because it would create a huge workload and burden on the labor department to do that. We're, we're going to be in a position where they're not going to be able to get away with the uh, midnight uh, expedited um, under the cover of darkness regulatory process that they implemented on AAM 212. Yeah, so thanks, we, will have a, we will have a memorandum uh, ready in the, in the coming days that, that documents um, what the requirements of the labor department are under the law. So again, that there's not this sort of sneak attack regulation again. Yeah, thanks for spending a little time to help explain that, John, because as you know, that particular issue is important to, not that the others aren't, but that one in particular was important to a lot of different people. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to cover it well. So JB, what do we have next? Uh, let's see, a lot of these will sound kind of familiar to you, Kurt, because you were very involved in these as well. As John mentioned, it's a team effort. Uh, so in 2020, we, we did arrange for a message from President Trump, recognizing National Surveyors Week for that third week in March. Uh, that, that request came from you, Kurt, because we took your, your letter with your signature and submitted it to the White House. And at the time, the president heard you loud and clear and, and reported back with a specialized message for the, for the profession. Uh, next up, uh, sponsored a congressional briefing on USGS 3DEP, hosted by the House, Manuf House Manufacturing Caucus, which was one of the largest bipartisan caucuses in Congress. And what's significant to note, of course, Kurt, you were there uh, as part of the sponsorship of this special breakfast. And thanks to NSPS's uh, generosity and organization behind the scenes, we were able to get both representatives from USGS managing the three debt program, as well as the first time we were able to reach out to the energy department and get someone connected with their, their laboratory work on critical minerals, critical materials, rare earth materials and so forth, and what the connection is to supply chain jobs, manufacturing, and the role of the surveying profession in the actual location and locating and the data that goes involved to the extraction of those minerals and materials. So thanks to NSBS's generosity in sponsoring that event. Of course, John Pelletiello was one of the panelists as well. And uh, it was a very successful partnership connecting USGS with the Energy Department and making sure the surveying profession's voice was heard in this entire uh, connect the dots, if you will, opportunity. And that was, I think, Kurt, as you'll probably recall, this is the final week of February of 2020. And basically the next week, if not the next month, Capitol Hill shut down. So it was one of the final in-person sessions, uh, certainly in trips up to Capitol Hill that we've all kind of had together, if you will. Uh, the next three I'll try to, to, to speed through. JB, before you move on, let me make a comment on that. I think what was significant about NSPS being involved in that particular activity and bringing in the manufacturing sector where, where we're traditionally surveying is considered part of the services sector. What, what was significant about NSPS's participation in that event is that helped us broaden our base of support for the 3DEP program. 
JB did a great job uh, leading efforts where we had JB, what? We have now more than 60 different private sector associations, trade associations, professional societies, um, everybody from mining to energy to engineering to land use, construction, all in support of 3DEP. And more importantly, that gave us exposure to a whole different set of members of Congress who have different interests. JB led the effort to get members of Congress all to co-sign a letter to the Appropriations Committee in support of funding for 3DEP. And we got a record level of, of funding. I believe it's $43 million for 3DEP as a result of that effort. So that's where the rubber meets the road in terms of the significance of NSPS's participation with that manufacturing caucus, with that briefing, and with creating that relationship between surveying and, and 3DEP elevation data and our critical min minerals, critical materials, and our need for a, a reliable domestic supply chain uh, for the manufacturing of products here in our own country. Yeah, you're exactly right, uh, John. And yeah, as far as exposure-wise, it was for 3DAP, it's the outside of a congressional hearing, this was the largest in-person uh, assembly to listen in and to ask questions Ask John, ask uh, our friends at USGS, ask the Department of Energy. So, you know, NSPS has a reach both in the public sector and the private sector, but as far as the federal agencies, uh, you know, again, just John mentioned, we've basically spread, spread a good bit over to make sure that the agencies are communicating together on this. And I think NSPS can take a lot, not just credit, but, you know, can, can, can really say that we, we are doing our best to bring our federal brethren into the into the line and to connect the dots on this. So it was a very successful program that NSPS sponsored and organized behind the scenes. Next up, uh, Kurt, final three items we have, just to briefly run through these. Uh, through a year or two on the farm bill uh, that NSPS uh, had been working on up until 2018 when Congress last passed the farm bill, we were successful in placing NSPS member Brent Berth on a mapping working group to advise the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, and the U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, to advise them on everything connected to rural connectivity and precision agriculture. In other words, doesn't it make sense if we're going to try to improve broadband mapping to rural locations to actually have someone from the survey and mapping profession be a part of that discussion? And Congress heard us, and the FCC and USDA heard us. And through petitioning the agencies, Brent Berth was, was named to represent the profession and make sure that there's geospatial expertise to advise the FCC and USDA for all the areas in the country that are trying to move up from 3G to 4G to 5G or just anything that's better than no G. Uh, that's basically the, the role that Brent is helping advise our, our friends in the federal agencies and making sure that the profession's voice is heard among all the other folks in the rural and agricultural communities also advising the FCC and USDA. Uh, last two items, Brooks Act. Uh, NSBS helped secure report language in the Consolidated Appropriations Act for fiscal year 2021, which is Public Law 116-260, 
And we were able to get language that prohibits the General Services Administration, GSA, from awarding or facilitating the award of any contract for the provision of architectural, engineering, and related services, such as professional surveying services in a manner inconsistent with the Brooks Act. So that's a nice feather in the cap for MSPS. We are trying to build on that in this Congress, but it was a great way to help instruct, uh, you know, as money it goes out the door out of the federal agencies and, and a pretty decent sized one in GSA, they cannot low bid the work. They cannot ask for price when they're asking for a professional service such as surveying and mapping. They have to use the Brooks Act and abide by uh, states' own versions of Mini Brooks Act as well. Last but not least, uh, an issue that a lot of folks have been covering uh, for quite some time, and that is Legato issue, most recently Legato. And NSPS uh, won several provisions to preserve GPS from signal and spectrum interference, particularly from the pending Legato proposal. And as a lot of folks remember, Legato used to be known as light squared. So those uh, preservation language provisions were enacted as part of the National Defense Authorization Act, what's known as the NDAA for 2021, Public Law 116-283. What makes that bill a little bit different than most is that the president actually vetoed the bill, but Congress overrode his veto. And so see, the loan bill that we we're aware of where Congress overrode a presidential veto and enacted the bill into law. But the good news is that uh, there were five provisions in the defense bill that, that takes a look at trying to safeguard uh, GPS interference and to make sure that the legato application the FCC approved last year slows down, comes to a halt, and then one of the provisions specifically creates a non-biased study be performed by NAPA so that you don't have the in-house FCC engineers and you don't have perhaps folks on our side of the equation uh, do, a, do a very biased study. But there's a provision to say, let's actually hammer this out once and for all. Will there be interference or not? And so that's a, a, a victory, a major victory for NSBS. So with that, Kurt, that's kind of a quick summary, if you will, of uh, the major 2020 accomplishments, legislative and regulatory victories for NSBS. Yeah, that the one on uh, light squared, of course, is very important in the minds of all of us in surveying. And uh, some of those concerns perhaps come from the fact that so many things are going on there that haven't have an opportunity to have a have a an influence or a repercussion for the work that we do. Um, so I guess the question, and John, maybe you can can address this one, is moving forward, what do you see as our role in that particular issue and what's your crystal ball on where all that ends up and how it affects us? Well, <clears throat> it's a good question, Kurt. As uh as our listeners may know, we go through a process in NSPH, NSPS each year where um, you, Kurt, and JB and I get together with Pat Smith, our 
chairman of our government affairs committee, also a past president of NSPS. Um, Pat usually comes to town and we spend a, a full day or more planning the uh, priorities and the issues that, um, and, that we will work on on behalf of NSPS. Uh, this year we did it virtually and um, we came up with a little bit of a different approach uh, particularly with regard to the NSPS Day on the Hill, which is coming up on April 20th and 21st. Is what we're finding is, as a result of a number of the issues that JB just mentioned, um, whether it's digital coast or critical materials or landslides or, um, or legato, there is a significantly greater knowledge and appreciation for surveying, mapping, and geospatial data and services and applications and technology than ever before. Um, so you're seeing a lot more legislation that seeks to use that data, those services, those technologies, those applications in implementing different bills. And we're finding, or in our discussions with you and Pat, we found that there are there's such a broad array of things that we could affect, uh, mostly in a positive way. While we also look for threats out there and play defense from, an, from a being on offense standpoint and having a proactive agenda, we decided to take a, a different approach uh, for this year's Day on the Hill. And this will help us on issues like legato, uh, we have not yet mentioned infrastructure. The administration just came out with its proposal the other day. Um, the likelihood of a major infrastructure bill is probably better right now than it has been over the last, um, last two administrations. Um, so what we're going to do is, is build on that knowledge that's already out there um, you know, you have a younger Congress, you have a more tech-savvy Congress. Um, they're using devices that have GPS and uh, digital mapping systems and location services built in. So they're, they're looking at using that technology in a lot of different legislation. So what we're going to do on April 20th and 21st is have virtual meetings between NSPS members and their congressional delegation. Um, we will set those up. So we encourage every interested NSPS member to sign up. It's free. We do all the legwork. We set up virtual meetings with your state's congressional representatives in the House and Senate. And we will have NSPS members just basically educating members of Congress about the, the, the very broad array of uh, applications for what surveyors do to a variety of different pieces of legislation. I mentioned an infrastructure bill, uh, the continuing interest in GPS and the legato issue, broadband mapping JB made reference to. Um, there is likely to be environmental justice legislation in this Congress. Um, climate change, uh, rebuilding our energy grid. These are all, and many, many more, but these are all issues where what surveyors do um, is important to the success of those issues, the success of that legislation, the success of the government programs that will 
come from that legislation. So rather than talking about any specific one or two or three bills, our effort this year is going to be to generally say to members of Congress, here's what we as surveyors do. Here are some examples of the types of issues you're going to be addressing this year. Your surveying will have a key role and we just want to make sure that you're adding to that legislation provisions that carve out and establish uh, an important role for the surveying and geospatial community to contribute to the success of those legislative proposals. So again, we really encourage um, not just the NSPS directors, not just the state society executive directors, but every rank and file member of NSPS is invited and encouraged to participate uh, in this effort. Uh, JB, we have a, a, a sort of a tutorial webinar coming up, uh, I believe that's later this week, am I correct? April 7th, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, we encourage uh, folks to uh, listen in on that. Um, if by the time you're hearing this podcast, that date has passed, the archive of that podcast will be on the NSPS website. Um, so that'll provide some background and training and a tutorial for the day on the Hill. And then we will have those meetings set up on April 20th and 21st. So we encourage as many NSPS members as possible to join us. Again, it's free. Uh, we help them with all the training. Uh, and it's a great way for NSPS members to connect with their own congressional delegation from their home state. Yeah, John and JB, I, I want to thank you guys for, for going in that direction this year with what we're doing, because um, as you well know, all of us who are doing whatever we do for a living uh, are not necessarily in tune with or feel comfortable going and talking about a specific issue that we know is important, but we may not know exactly what to say, uh, even though we, we have good tutors to help us. So I think it's great that we're going to be able to have people come in and just talk about what they know about, you know, what, what we do and how, how it applies to whatever you're going to be doing talking about. And I think our our participants are going to be a lot more comfortable going that way this year just to get that opportunity to do it. So thanks so much for, for setting that up. Yes, and just to clarify, so we've done training webinars in the past to prepare for NSPS Hill Day or Lobby Day. What's going to be different this year is the actual, instead of people traveling to Washington and going to Capitol Hill, we'll set up virtual meetings. Uh, so that's what's going to be different. And again, the, uh, the archive of that April 7th webinar uh, will be posted on the NSPS website. So members will be able to view that at their leisure uh, after the, the live uh, presentation. Great conversation today. I, I'm really looking forward to getting this one out there because just uh, a lot of good stuff for people to hear and, and particularly the successes that we've had. I think that's important for people to know. Uh, oftentimes, they know we're working. They're not really sure what's going on or what we're, what, you know, what the end result is. We hear about right. where we are, but sometimes we don't hear about the end result. So um, that sounds really good. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com and we are here to help. 
Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.